and a dime with a beef and bean burrito. Cause I can't change the shape of your head. No, I can't change the shape of your head. No, I can't change the shape of your head That was Tom Carosa. Go to www.tomcarosa.com and check out more of his music. Isn't he fun? All right, now the comedy of Dave Koenig. Very funny comedian. Look for him on cruise ships everywhere. So... I was a lousy Jew, but, 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 but I never fit in with the other Jews who were also lousy Jews. See, I knew so many Jews my whole life who were lousy at being Jewish, but it didn't seem to bother them. They never went to temple. They, they didn't fast on Yom Kippur. They were atheists. They, they were Jews only in the sense that they lived on the Upper West Side, bought their bagels at H&H, read the New York Times, and once a month had brunch at Barney Greengrass and ate pastrami. <laughs> So like cafeteria Catholics, they were delicatessen Jews. <laughs> Except the Koreans moved in, took over, there's no more delicatessens. So they're actually Korean fruit stand Jews. <laughs> <laughs> I apparently look Irish. I have no idea how this happened. It doesn't help that I have rosacea, so my face is always flush, like the Irish. Their face always flush because they drink. That's not racist, that's just a statement of fact. Please, if you take only one thing away from this show, let it be that. All Irish drink. So, see, I wanted to be a good Jew, but I also never fit in with the Jews who are good at being Jews. See, with them, it was like, uh, it's like they all spoke a secret language I didn't understand. Actually, they did. It's called Hebrew. <laughs> Still, I would try. I would try. When I was single, every year, alone in my apartment, I would light a Hanukkah menorah. And then, just to complete the ritual, I'd feel obliged to buy myself a Hanukkah present. <laughs> Which is not only sad, but a little awkward. Because invariably, I'd, I'd buy myself the wrong thing. <laughs> like a tie and a pattern I already had. Then, I married an Irish Catholic. I proposed to her on Christmas Eve in Rockefeller Center, underneath the biggest Christmas tree in the world. And I told her if we had kids, she could raise them Catholic. Because I know how to woo a Gentile. <laughs> so we had kids. And, and we raised them Catholic. Which actually works out fine. That's fine. Except I think my kids might be a little anti-Semitic. Just a little. <laughs> you hear comments. I don't want to make a big deal. <laughs> the other day, my four-year-old son asked me if I'd buy him his own real car, you know? I thought that was kind of cute. I said, no, Dad, he can't do that. That would cost too much money. You know what he said? He said, you people. That's all you ever think about. <laughs> my kids built a clubhouse in the backyard. I asked if I could join. My eight-year-old pulls me aside. He says, look, if it were up to me... <laughs> The other day I told my kids to turn off the TV. When I left the room, I swear one of them said, See, I told you they control the media. Also, as a kid, it did seem to me that the Gentile kids 
had much better holidays than the Jewish kids. Oh yeah, no, no, it all goes back to Christmas and Hanukkah. Every kid growing up knows Hanukkah can't compete with Christmas. First of all, what is Christmas? Oh, it's only the biggest birthday party in the world. What is Hanukkah? Eh, the Syrians were trying to kick our ass, so for eight days we hid in the temple. It's essentially a festival of hiding. <laughs> Every Jewish holiday is the same. The entire history of Judaism, thousands of years of getting our ass kicked. On the rare occasions is the day we didn't get our ass kicked. That's a holiday. <laughs> Passover. Eh, Pharaoh was trying to kick our ass, so we put some lamb's blood on the door, and the angel of death got confused, so we fled into the desert, where we got lost for 40 years, and nobody could find us, so they couldn't kick our ass. Okay, happy Passover. Enjoy your bitter herbs and horseradish. <laughs> Yom Kippur. Hey, tell you what you do. For one day, you don't eat anything. Then you'll be so weak and headachy from hunger, maybe people will feel sorry for you. For one day, they won't kick your ass, okay? <laughs> Happy Yom Kippur. Enjoy your delicious nothing. Hanukkah. Eh, for eight days we hid in the temple. They couldn't find us. They couldn't kick our ass. Oh yeah, what happened on the ninth day? On the ninth day they found us. They kicked our ass. Okay? Happy Hanukkah. Go play with your dreidel. That's another thing. Christmas. Presents, toys, gifts, money orders, cash, appliances. Hanukkah. What do you get? You get a dreidel. What's a dreidel? It's a top. It's a disappointing present for a kid of any age. Oh, we try and jazz it up with a big musical number, right? Dreidel, 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 I made it out of clay. You get that? You get the angle? You don't even get the dreidel. You get a lump of clay. They tell you, go make your own dreidel. Hanukkah. It's a Hebrew word. You know what it means? Loosely translated. It means the Irish kid who lives next door is getting a new bike. And you're not, Shlomo. Obviously, I had given the subject a lot of deep theological thought. I began to consider the possibility of converting. I was, well, I was attracted to the, uh, the camaraderie of Catholicism, as depicted in such motion pictures as The Godfather and The Godfather II. I wasn't the first Jew in show business to convert to Christianity. There was, uh, there was Bob Dylan and all right, I was the second Jew in show business <laughs> to convert to Christianity. Bob Dylan, of course, wrote Blowing in the Wind. I wrote the following joke. I wonder if strippers have a recurring dream where they suddenly find themselves at work with all their clothes on and no one staring at them. <laughs> Here you had the Catholic Church, an institution known for completely controlling the message, going against character and attempting to produce talk radio, a medium that thrives on the free and unfettered exchange of ideas and dialogue. As their morning show host, they've hired an opinionated, loudmouth Jewish comic, going against character and attempting to be a good Catholic. Gee, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> So, to make myself more comfortable, I, I started booking all my comedian friends to come on the show. Here's a partial list of some of the comedians I had on the show. Jackie Mason, Freddie Roman, Stewie Stone, Corey Kahaney, Susie Essman, Brad Zimmerman, Michelle Ballin, David Steinberg, Maya Ed Koch, Alan Zweibel, 
Basically, I booked every Jew at the Friars Club. <laughs> David Brenner came on the show. He told us all about being a young Jewish boy growing up in a tough Irish Catholic neighborhood in Philadelphia. One day, he's walking down the street, and this big Irish kid comes running out of a church. He runs up to Brenner, punches him in the nose, knocks him flat on his ass. Brenner looks up, he says, what the hell did you do that for? Kid says, because your people killed Christ. Brenner says, wait a minute, first of all, that was like, that was like 2,000 years ago. Kid says, yeah, I know, but I just found out about it today. <laughs> After a while, Condal Egan's agent got a little nervous about me. He said to me, we don't mind you having all your comedian friends on the show, but don't you at least know any Catholic comedians? So I booked Lisa Lampanelli. I told her to keep it clean. It was a short interview. We would have Catholic celebrities on the show, but usually by accident. I booked, I booked Richard Simmons to come on the show. I thought that'd be a hoot. Richard Simmons on the Catholic channel? Well, it turns out Richard is a devout Catholic. He told us all about his vast collection of little tiny baby Jesus dolls. Apparently Richard Simmons has hundreds and hundreds of little tiny baby Jesus dolls. We were all surprised to hear that Richard Simmons had hundreds of baby Jesus. Actually, no one was surprised to hear that Richard Simmons had hundreds of baby Jesus dolls. I, I was out of options. I mean, what club would take me in now? I could become a Jew for Jesus. They're actually quite nice. I was talking to one before the show. I was rushing to get down here. I was running a little late. Woman stopped me on the street. She said, excuse me, sir, I must talk to you. I'm a Jew for Jesus. I said, that's nice, lady. I'm a Jew late for work. <laughs> I began to consider the possibility of maybe converting back to Judaism. But how do you convert back to Judaism after you've converted to Catholicism? I mean, what do you do? Walk out of the church backwards, uncrossing yourself? <laughs> that was Dave Koenig. Pretty funny stuff. Pretty funny stuff. Okay. Um, what do I have here? Okay. There's something. Today's well-dressed working woman is expected to balance her hectic business schedule with her equally busy social itineraries. A Fortune 500 Dynamo one moment, a charming corporate hostess the next. In a company-eat-company company world, any advantage she can gain over her male peers is important. The office is not the only business battleground. It is well known that many victories take place in the corporate social arena. Today's socially savvy warrior must utilize all her mental and physical resources. It's not enough to just know the proper table etiquette. She must also know the current trends, such as what power colors to wear after six, and who to talk to, and who to ignore. She must be alert and on her toes to gain any advantage over her business peers, no matter how unusual the client's request. In some extreme circumstances, she may even be called upon to dance the Lombada! When dancing the corporate Lombada, there are rules one must follow. Rule one, make contact with your partner. Rule two, lead without leading. Remember, a merger is more fun when you have inside information. Rule three, 
dance to win, and step, and step, and hit, and hit, and clench, headlock, and dominate, and sway, and glide, and sway, and influence, kick back, kick front, dip in, and power play, power play. power. Use leverage, hold tight, liquidate all night, and feel the crunch. And power lunch, power lunch. Buy low, sell high, sell smarter. You're doing the corporate lambada. Backstab, export, indict ya. You're doing the executive lambada. Shake in, shake out your chakra. You're doing <laughs> there you go, arbitrage, yeah. Okay, what else can we play today? Let's have some, a uh, little more music, I think. Uh, let's see. Hang on, I've just got to pick up something uh, here. All right, here we go. From me. I'm going to blame it on my mother. To me, for messing with my psyche since I was only three, for having as many fathers as their seasons of the year. I'm gonna blame it on my mother every time I. Who are you trying to kid? 
Okay, there you go. And I'd like to do a shout out to Mr. Tom E. Newell and his book, 30 Day Guidebook How to Survive in an Unpredictable World. Uh, the 30 Day Guidebook is a simple day to day record keeping of your conscious actions and awareness routine to align yourself on your spiritual path. Okay. Uh, he's got lots of lessons in it, and it's a easy guide to follow. I've read it. I recommend it. So check out Tom Newell's 30-Day Guidebook, How to Survive an Unpredictable World. It's at Barnes & Noble and pretty much wherever books are sold. 30-Day Guidebook, How to Survive in an Unpredictable World. Uh, it's made a little book made making it easy for you, huh? Okay. There you go. You heard it here on Blog Talk Radio. All right, let's keep it going now and uh, see how our time is going. Remember, my books are available on Amazon. You have a choice of three. So you have uh, self-confidence for the confidence challenge. You have also our musings, uh, which is uh, uh, my musings and poetry, funny and not, okay? And my current book on holidays, and it's called Holiday Shorts, Keep your pants on. That's a fun book, too. So go to Amazon and buy all these books because without reading, what are we really? Okay, let's keep it going with what do we got here. I got to look at the time and uh, I got to look at uh, what I have that fits into that time because that's how time works. Okay, I have a little Nancy Lombardo comedy right here. That's Hi, Rich. I like Clark Kent sitting behind you. What's <laughs> Clark Kent action going on there? Friends in the corner. My friends at the high table up there. Hey, how are you doing? I like to see everybody. Uh, you know, it's so misleading. You can't see this, but turn around just for a second and look at that wall. This, this place looks so more crowded than it is. <laughs> I'm like, I can't get that wall to laugh for nothing. Blankly. They're painted on her something. Oh, yeah, right here. Here we go. Is that a date I see happening back there? Yes. What date is this? You're married 33 years? And he still has his arm around you? Let's hear it! Jump on. 
went from New York City. And you know, it's a long way. And I'm trying to entertain myself between my ears popping and not popping. And then I was playing a little fun game with myself, like, identify the species of roadkill, because you have so much on here. I swear, there were animals I couldn't even guess. Bye-bye.